Hey, this is Max, and welcome to the Ronin System Podcast. Today, I have a special guest, Ahmed. Ahmed, why don't you introduce yourself? I'm Ahmed. Um, I'm a friend of Max's. I've been uh, 39 years old. I'm uh, living here in Charlotte. Um, I know Max through training jiu-jitsu. And I've been, uh, uh, that's, that's who I am. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to talk like pretty much like directly into the mic. All right, cool. Well done. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the first thing I wanted to ask you is like, you know, you're Egyptian. You told me you're Egyptian, right? Yep. And were you, were you born here? No. So I was born, um, I came here when I was two. And uh, my parents migrated directly to, from, ironically, uh, from Egypt, Cairo, which is like one of the largest cities in the world, to smack dab in the middle of the country in um, Kansas. Um, from my dad, he was doing, he was doing his PhD, so he was there for academia. And uh, so we lived in Lawrence, Kansas, or the University of Kansas there, there for a year. And then um, we moved directly after he finished his thesis to the University of Missouri, which is in Columbia. It's weird, but if you know anything about those two schools, they're rivals. They don't like each other. <laughs> so we moved to Columbia, Missouri. And um, so that was there by the age of three. And I pretty much grew up in the middle of Columbia, Missouri for most, most of my life. Missouri. I've never actually been to Missouri. I mean, well, can you describe like what was it like? Yeah. So like, man, um, it's a college town, um, uh, through and through it's, uh, you know, so everything is really centered around the university. Um, when school is in session there, it's a, it's fun, it's lively and there's always something going on when school is not in session. It's kind of slow and not too too much going on in the town um and it's smack dab in the middle of the state literally in the middle of the state and it's two hours from kansas city missouri and two hours from st louis missouri so um you know there's a lot of people who probably go there from both both those cities um it's missouri itself is kind of a i'd say probably more conservative of a state um and it's but for kind of for me what i liked about growing up in columbia i'd say that because it was a college town and everything was centered around the university there was a lot of diversity and it was kind of like this bastion of a city in the middle of red all over and because it's a college town so there's a it's pretty it's probably the more progressive of the cities of the cities within within that state um just because of the university and there's, there's a lot of diversity with uh, students from other countries and backgrounds and all that. So I think that was good. Yeah. I mean, my next question, cause I'm glad you brought up the diversity thing. Cause my yeah. next question was going to be because you're Egyptian yeah. and you said you're 39, you've been here pretty much like your whole life basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just, I really wanted to talk about, you know, cause you're, you're Muslim too. Right. Right. And I, I want to just talk about, you know, the whole, I don't want to say issue, but I mean, it is kind of an issue with like the whole kind of um, racism and, and like the xenophobia. You know, yeah, xenophobia and like all all Muslims are terrorists. Yeah, mentality of, of some people. You know, like can you can you describe some of that to me? Well, they are Max. I'm just joking. But <laughs> <laughs> so, is, by the way, is it xenophobia or is it xenophobia? How do I say it? I think it's a tomato tomato kind of. Thing. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's fine. Um. So, uh, I don't think it was a, you know, I remember the day that it really hit me that 
shit changed because I was a uh, I was in I was in my junior year of college and um, I didn't go far. I went I grew up in Columbia, so I went to Mizzou University of Missouri, and I was I was there. And I I remember um, I remember the date was nine eleven, right? And so I remember schools being classes being canceled, um, waking up to no one, no one basically what happened. And, um, like my, basically my world had kind of turned up, turned completely different than I remember. It was a 180 turn. Now, um, all of a sudden you see people feeling differently about Muslims, I, I, you know, across the world, you kept on hearing across, you know, across the country, I would say, um, Muslims being attacked, you know, or, uh, people who looked like there was a lot of, a lot of Sikhs, 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 yeah, yeah, Sikhs. yeah, they were, you know, they were being attacked. Um, Hindus didn't matter if you had brown skin, you were probably, you know, you're a Muslim, I'm sure like some Hispanic American people yeah. probably, you know, um, and I, I remember it because, uh, our growing up life, um, for us, my family was pretty, I'd say they're, um, religiously moderate, but in, in, um, in comparison to, like, comparison to, like, a lot of, you know, my other friends who weren't Muslim, you would consider most Muslims who are even religiously moderate are probably more religiously conservative than your everyday average Christian or everyday average Jewish person or everyday average Buddhist person or Hindu person. They just are, you know, like, so life is still centered around, um, being Muslim. Um, God is your sustenance for everything. Um, you know, submitting to his will. Um, and so we would, we would go to the, you know, the art, our mosque in Colombia was where we went we where we where we uh, socialized uh, you know aside from a place of worship it's where you know you had a place of communion um, and uh, I just remember that 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 same night after 9/11 that um, it was a uh, you know we had this I fear that people were going to come to our mosque and vandalize attack other people who knows and so i i felt like even then i was probably more religious than i am now i'd say and i uh i would so i was there a lot more often i just felt the need to to be there so i remember september in missouri is is like hot in summer you know it's, it's like it's like a summer night you know usually it's really humid in missouri um people are out um whether it was that, I can't remember if it was that weekend or whatever, post 9-11, and, um, you know, having to be there um, and standing outside, making sure nobody was doing anything to our mosque. There was, our mosque was also really close to downtown Columbia, so there was a lot of clubs and bars and stuff like that. And um, I remember a, a, there was a, a guy walking with his friends and um, started you know, shout, shouting, you know, prejudicial slurs and, you know, shit that just right at us and, you know, saying like, you know, get the F out of this country and all that. And, um, uh, and I recognized him. <laughs> it was weird because we were, we were in college together, but we went to the same high school and the same junior high together. 
And I wouldn't say like he was like my friend, but we're acquaintances and we were cool, you know? His name's Kyle. <laughs> and I was like, fuck you, Kyle. Yeah, fuck you, Kyle. No, but at the time I was like, Kyle? And he goes, what, Ahmed? You know, like kind of like really didn't expect to see me there. I had a, there was a group of us, you know, so probably about three or four of my, my Muslim friends. We, they, he saw, he saw me amongst them after I said, Kyle, is that you? You know, cause he's like, and he was really, he was really, uh, emotional, like distraught, like, cause he, he didn't know, like he was really angry at obviously what, what had happened, you know, during nine 11 and the attack on our nation but then he saw and he just associated our mosque with that that act obviously yeah. and and that was local but he i don't think he had any clue that i was one muslim two um you know i go to that mosque and so for him to see me he was re it was like emotional but really uh he was really confused and um i just remember his face you know it was really just like all right so he um, I was like, Hey man, just chill. Things are going to be okay. Like we'll, we'll get over it. You know, I just remember trying to like say, Hey dude, don't worry about it. Maybe, you know, I used to actually take classes with them too. And I said, Hey, I'll see you in class next week. Don't worry about it. We'll, t we'll talk or something. He's like, and he just kind of walked away. He was definitely drunk for sure. Yeah. You know, there's no doubt about it. But, um, when I saw him in class, uh, the next, that next Monday or whatever, he had the biggest black eye. <laughs> it was like, it was I was like, like he looked like he just got destroyed. And um, he, he didn't want to talk to me at class. I just remember anyway. I found out from one of my other friends, Murad, that um, he, had, he, had, he was there with me. And uh, apparently uh, somebody saw him do this to us. And um, not Muslim, that just somebody who was like anti-bullying or something and kind of kind of took it to Kyle that night, but I guess, you know, like in a, in a back alley or something because he saw that happening. Um, and he told Murad about it because he knew him. So anyway, it's a long-winded way to say that it was like, I just remember it like it was yesterday and like what what that was like. And then since then, you know, I think that um, my, my experience is like now, I as I've gotten older, I realize that I'm, you know, most people are not going to understand who I am, um, where, I, what my background is, um, what it means to be a Muslim and, um, that, um, they have, they're going to, they're going to really be, their, their, their opinions are really going to be shaped by a narrative that we kept on seeing in the news since that. You know, it just, it just kind of snowballed since then, you know, and, um, you know, I don't think we're, I'm fighting that. I think at first I was, I was like, man, I was like, dude, I'm young, I'm brown and, you know, just don't give a fuck. So I'm like, you know, a public enemy number one, I don't know. Like, but, um, at the time I, I was probably younger and I was, I thought like I really had to educate people that were not all bad and all this and I'm. As I've gotten older, I was like, man, just live your life and be the best person you can, you know? And if people want to categorize you some way, that's on them, you know? But um, 
forget even what the original question is, but hopefully that. I don't even remember, but yeah. I just know it was, it was a I good asked story. About, right? Yeah, I mean it is a good <laughs> it is a good story, and it does reflect you know basically what I was trying to ask, and um, I mean, I guess the follow up question is is since then or or before that even have you ever been in a situation where it was just like directly at you, like someone um, you know someone just saw you and like thought. You know that guy's probably Muslim. Let me let me attack him, or maybe you know something like that. You know, um, you want to hear another thing, interesting story about Columbia, Missouri? Yeah. All right. So, Columbia, Missouri, is also um, a uh, when 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 students from different parts of the Middle East first started going to the University of Missouri. A lot of them were being sent by their country's governments, right? Um, and most of those countries, if you know anything about, like, uh, you know, uh, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, you know, they were just now, like, really trying, like, in the, it was in the, the late 70s and in the 80s, um, most of the 80s, where they would, they're basically funneling over their students, trying to industrialize and modernize their countries, yeah. right? Um, they put a huge emphasis on, like, engineering um you know medical uh students and stuff like that um so if you went to like i'm pretty sure you went to a public school too you know uh, oh yeah vcu i mean vcu they actually had a or they still do they have a program with qatar yeah because vcu has a really strong uh engineering and medical program like you said yep and i mean pretty much like half half the school is is middle eastern people i mean i think we even have a campus in Qatar. Yeah, and the majority of them are like are from the Gulf, right? Yeah. And and so you have these oil rich countries that were sending their students over here. Um, Egypt is not one of those oil rich countries, and we're not in the Gulf. But um, I say we, but my 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 family uh, for coming from there. But my um, you know the this the students that were coming mostly from Saudi Arabia, where uh, were really being, um, you know, that there was a lot of funding into the Saudi government at that time that was coming from uh, what's called the Salafi movement. If you've heard of what the Salafi movement is, and that's like this, uh, in Islam, it's this movement of going back to what the way of, of what how Prophet Muhammad, uh, peace be upon him, you're supposed to say that, um, basically lived his life. Like, so according just a really, really strict to how he lived his life. And, um, and so, uh, there's funding the people who built our mosque were, uh, it was direct funding from, from Saudi Arabia, um, mm-hmm. and Columbia because so many of their students were, were there to, to study engineering. It was a good engineering school. And, um, uh, if you also remember, there is, a. uh, uh, during the eighties, um, there was a huge war that was going on in Afghanistan Yeah, where Afghanistan was really trying to fight. I mean, I wasn't alive, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> where I, I was, <laughs> um, yeah, but there was a huge war in Afghanistan and where, um, the, uh, the Afghanistan was, was, was fighting for its, and you know, for its freedom and not to be taken over by the Soviet Union at the time. Um, so, and it was a long bloody war, um, and, uh, the, a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of people in the Middle East, specifically in the Gulf, you know, were, who are part of the Salafi movement, um, 
you know, who knew what the Soviet Union was and represented at the time a lot of the countries that they took over in Central Asia, um, in the steppe and, and uh, the Caucasus. A lot of them were predominantly Muslim, and when they took over them, they, you know, they really did away with religion in general. Like so, a lot of the uh, parts of what they did, you know, where they would just try to take that away from the people. And so they kind of knew that. And a lot of a lot of uh, you had the Mujahideen movement. So these Mujahideen from 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 Saudi Arabia, a lot of them were coming from there. Some from Egypt. Um, we're we're going to Afghanistan to fight along alongside. Um, the Afghanis, and um, of those people were was Osama bin Laden, and Osama bin Laden was at that time because the Afghanistan Afghanistan was fighting against the Soviet Union, and we were in the middle of a Cold War. We being the United States, um, they were getting funding from uh, they were getting funding from that uh, they were getting funding from U.S. Uh, to defeat. To defeat the Soviets. I mean, not that they got guns too, right? They got like all the missiles. They got the missiles. I mean, they, got a, I mean they, they really backed them, right? Everybody yeah. kind of knows that, right? And so they, so when, when Bin Laden <laughs> um, at the time was, was viewed as an ally of the United States, right? And they, and Afghanistan won, right? You know, Soviet, the Soviet Union just decided to give up and eventually the Soviet Union crumbled or what have you, but Afghanistan didn't, didn't fold to them. And um, so, funny enough, at the time, Bin Laden was uh, was like viewed as kind of a hero and an ally to the United States. He afterwards came to the United States. Um, I was told, I don't know, this is a hundred percent sure, but I remember seeing him come to Columbia, Missouri. But I don't know for sure as to what what were the um, in what capacity. But um, people at our mosque were saying it was a United States-sponsored tour hmm. based on the fact that he just, you know, went out there with all his money and, you know, w- you know and, and went out and fought a war with these people that were on the sides of the United States against the Soviet Union. And so he came to Colombia and he came to other places, but I remember seeing him at our mosque and he spoke. You know, at the time, and this is in the it was in the late '80s, right? And I'm um, so even then, there was ties from Columbia, Missouri, to the um, to the movement of the Salafis and Wahhabis yeah. in Saudi Arabia, right? And so um, there was even the, if you don't remember, like the first the first World Trade Center bombing. If you do, you know, did you know about that one? Yeah, I mean, it was the first one. It it, it just did damage to like the the, the lobby. Yeah, yeah, there's like a lobby, lobby or right something. Uh, the the guy who did that was like a blind Egyptian's cleric. He came to our our town before he did that too. And so it's like there was this. It was so so after nine eleven, you know, with these two things, these incidents, and this these ties to Saudi Arabia. Um, the Salafi movement in uh, our town, Columbia, Missouri, was on, I think it was top three U.S. cities on the FBI most <laughs> watched list really? for terrorist <laughs> activity. You know, that was a long-winded way of getting to that point, but I'm just saying that it was, it was, uh, it was like, it was in my face, like, all the time. And so when you asked me that question, I was like, dude, man, people came and knocked, you know, the FBI came and knocked on our door just to, 
just to say hello and just make sure that we were normal people. We were normal people. Yeah, but you checked in. Bob, yeah, Bob from CIA checked exactly. in every now and again. I was I was definitely on the flag list for when I flew. Um, for the probably the first say seven to eight years after nine eleven, um, and then they just realized it was just some bum from the middle of nowhere in Missouri. They, still, they, got, yeah. they took me off the list, but some yeah. random city. Yeah, but it, you know, since th- so since then it's been cool. But for seven or eight years, they're like, I was not going through normal security, um, which was actually kind of cool because I got to go through things a lot faster. I got to skip, skip lines yeah. all the time. Yeah, it was cool, man. It's like, all right, yeah, sure, whatever. I'm flagged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's. I don't know. That's that's. Um. I feel like. I now feel like I'm really shitting on my hometown in Columbia, Missouri. Right now. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was going to say, I feel like now you bring it up, I because I, I did do a little bit of you know research every now and again. Yeah. Just because I'm I'm interested in this kind of stuff and Columbia, Missouri. I, I, it sounds familiar. It it does sound like a familiar place. Just it just sounds like one of those random middle of nowhere towns that all of a sudden has this like huge. I wouldn't say impact, but huge kind of like relation with with like these world events. Yeah. Maybe it did, and I, and I, you know, for me, like I was like, what? I'm, I, it's like a town of a hundred thousand, and we're just, we're on, we're on this for this. I'm like, all right, I, gotta, I don't know, but you know, like the overarching theme of what you, what you're asking is like, yes, I've sensed it. Um, I also think that there's some type of like sometimes I feel like it's been passive, um, of how how it's maybe come across. Um, to the, how people come across in terms of maybe they're they're kind of judging you based on just initial look, you know. Um, my name is very very Muslim, you know. Yeah. Ahmed El Sayed. Ahmed's another. Uh, it's a deviation of of Muhammad, you know. I know. So, um, but I don't think everybody anybody's just come out and just said like you know. No, no one's actually like personally attacked. Yeah, nothing. Nobody's like that, and maybe I don't know why, but it really hasn't. But those two inc- those two things kind of stick out in my mind is, um, in Columbia. But like since then, I lived in Dallas, Texas after school. Um, nothing happened there. I lived in New York City for four or five years, and it's you know pretty. It's also really diverse there. Um, and then I moved to Charlotte since then. I feel like in Charlotte, the people I know, we get to know, we kind of almost joke about, you know, people's backgrounds and it's just too Oh yeah, are. for sure. You I mean, know. like as yeah. soon as I, cause how long have you been in Charlotte? Uh, nine years. Nine years. I've, mm-hmm. I've been here for like maybe a year and a half. Yeah. And, uh, like within the first week I went straight to top. That's where we train. We train yeah. at top martial arts down in uh, Pineville, North Carolina. And, uh, I mean, man, I acclimated quickly because like i'm higher belt but man these guys trash talk everyone. You know, everyone no one no one's safe nobody's safe like you're if you're pretty sure your name is asian max at this place it is yeah. <laughs> so like which you are very asian but at the same time um i probably i'm sure you didn't weren't called max before i i think that you know for for me it was also eye-opening because I had lived in New York for four and a five years, and uh, it was really, <clears throat> I think we talked about this before maybe, but training in New York City, when I trained jiu-jitsu there, um, in New York, uh, in, in that, you know, to do jiu-jitsu in New York, you have to have some money. Yeah, right? for sure. And so you're, you're. No, I'm not saying that there isn't like racism in those cities and all that, because there is, right? Um, but um, 
you know, you were you were pretty much around like progressive folks in that area, and so you didn't hear, um, you know, you didn't hear slurs and like jokes about people's racial backgrounds. Just didn't happen. You didn't hear about jokes about sexual orientation and that kind of thing. Moved down here, and it was just like it's just all over the place. They don't, you just don't care. And it's, and I'd say that we're probably around a more, you know, conservative base here. I'd say I, I would think so. Being yeah. in the south, yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, Charlotte's definitely one of those cities where it's just like, I mean, it's diverse and and it's welcoming, but you better be prepared to take a joke. Yeah, I think so too. But you know, sometimes who knows? Like some people, you know, may not be for everybody. And I, I also think like maybe there's times we probably take it too far. And I also yeah. feel like there's times. You know what? I'll, I'll say this, this is just being introspective about it. Like, you know, I'll hear people joke about me being you know Muslim or what have you, and those you know they'll try like say something like you know. Listen, don't, don't lose your cool. Don't blow up. You know, don't don't come in here and say, you know, Allahu Akbar or whatever. And like, <laughs> they really don't like are, and, and they may just mean it in good fun, but like sometimes it eats at me. I'll be honest. Yeah. Like, cause I I, as much as I'm pretty laid back about a lot of stuff, there's, I still know and I still identify with being Muslim, and I also know quite a bit about like our culture and in Egypt in um in general like. You know, we're, we, you know, there's the, the, the word Allah means God. Right. And, um, I think probably of more, more so than most any other Arabs that I've been around Arabs from Egypt. Well, when they're speaking Arabic, the word Allah is like constantly on their tongue. Right. There's sayings. They have a saying for everything that also that always includes God in it, right? It's always there. So like if you don't, if you were to say like if you were just to ask me like how I'm doing today in Egypt, most of the, most people and in some other countries too, but if most people in Egypt they're not going to say I'm doing well. They'll yeah. just say thank God and the word for that is alhamdulillah, right? And they'll just say thank God. That's all. That's not nothing nothing more, right? Mm-hmm. Um you know, have you even after you get done, you know, if you before you eat you know, it's not a big prayer, but you just say bismillah. Yeah, like, basically like a grace. Yeah, and a grace. And then when you're done eating, are you, have you had enough to eat? You always say, thank God. You know, like, I'm fine. You know, those those things, instead of saying I'm fine, I'm good, I'm, I'm full, I'm stuffed, you say thank God, right? Uh, if you were to tell me, like, are you going to, Ahmed, are you going to come training tomorrow? I would say, inshallah, which means, like, that's just the, the most non-religious person in Egypt. We'll say inshallah when inshallah means God willing, you know, and you know, it's just, it's just how they, they live. So when people would say like, say something, a joke about Allah or a joke about a, a, an Arab, Arabic saying, you know, in front of me, you know, I take it, well, whatever. Yeah. But sometimes I'm like, dude, man, come on. Um, if you really had any idea what the words Allahu Akbar really means and how people utilize it in like everyday saying. You may not, you wouldn't think of it that way. You wouldn't think of it as like, you know, one hundred percent associated with terrorism, right? You're not you're not thinking about that. You're thinking about oh, okay, that's just that's just the, a saying. That's just, just a saying. Said, that's yeah. just what they do. And it's sometimes there is religious there's yeah. religious reasons to it. There's religious meaning to it. I mean, God is God is the greatest, but like, you know, my my mom uses it sarcastically when she's talking to me about like or 
she's poking, she would poke fun at whatever I'm doing. You know, if like she was saying, you know, if I, if I'd messed up in school, I got a bad grade, she'd say Allahu Akbar. You know, like, like you're supposed to say it, you're supposed to say it when something good is happening. Yeah. She was saying it mocking me because I got a C in, you know, chemistry yeah, or something. Something yeah. kind of good happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really good, buddy. So, uh, that's, you know, that, that, I, that, so that, yeah, that, that does happen. I don't know. I feel like I'm talking a lot, Max. No, no, you're doing great. I mean, I, f- I feel like the audience is definitely tired of me talking. I mean, I talk on this thing pretty have much. Have you, the like, time. have you had other people on here? I have, yeah. Really? Yeah, you're, 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 um, shit, let me think. You're like the eighth. Really, sixth. dude? I thought you, I was, yeah, I mean, you, you were, you were literally like one of the first people that I thought of, but yeah. we just never had the time to do it. Yeah. Uh, I thought I was going to pop your cherry, but that's cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man. Dude, let's let's do more if we can. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was going to ask about um, Islam in general because, I mean, I'm I'm kind of religious. Are you spiritual? Yeah, yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm Buddhist um, yeah. by tradition and also by, by religion, of course. Yeah. And so um, a lot of my friends and a lot of my family who are also, you know, Buddhist by tradition, yeah. They always ask me about Buddhist things because mm-hmm. I'm I'm a little bit more devout, and I, but I wouldn't say I'm like extremely yeah. Buddhist. You know, I'm yeah. just kind of moderately. You know, I, I do certain things certain days, and I avoid certain things. You know, um, eat vegetarian once a week, kind of thing. I is there like, you know, I'm one of the things I was wondering about different religions. Yeah, but in, in Buddhism, is there like, is there like a a set um the word i'm i use is it's called jurisp- jurisprudence right and that means like is there a code that you live your life by oh yeah for sure yeah, so like in like two the two major monotheistic religions that i know for sure there's like a code of how to do things right mm-hmm. is islam and judaism like yeah. like dietary codes and yeah, stuff like, like that yeah like kosher and, and yeah. Um, halal yeah kosher halal but like even even to to the nth degree, both of those religions, there's a way to pray. Yeah, you know, there's a way to to wash. There's a way to do mm-hmm. do, do things for like sure. That. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think all religions have have something like that. Um, definitely don't do any of that. Like fuck fuck that shit. That's that's <laughs> that's you know, it's way too much. Like um, a a true Buddhist doesn't kill. Yeah. Like to the point where where they would sweep in front of them to get bugs and shit out of the way, so they don't kill the bugs by accident. Right. Like. Like we, um, you know, of course we don't eat meat, uh, pretty much it's, it's just like rice, you know, grains, vegetables, yeah. fruits sometimes. So there's some days you, yeah. you will, you will be vegetarian some days you won't. Yeah. Okay. And there, you know, pray every day. Um, you know, there's, there's even just like a really simple thing where it's like people, they, I want happiness is a saying, right? I yeah. want happiness. And in Buddhism, you take out the I because that's ego. You take out the want because that's desire. And those two things that take away from you fulfilling like the best you yeah. and all you have left is happiness. And so, I mean, it's, so is there, let's talk about, let's talk about religion. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. All right. So in Buddhism is the idea to destroy the ego. Yes. The idea is to tr- transcend beyond, beyond like human boundaries Mm-hmm. Um, and ego is one of those things that holds you down. Ego is one of those things like, like being an individual is a good thing, right. but 
being like a narcissistic individual is a bad thing. You know, right. just, there's certain things about yourself that you really have to sort of take away to really transcend, to right. really move on to the next phase, which, you know, through Nirvana, you basically just, you, you cycle back in, you know, you cycle into a better life and then right. a better life and a better life. And that's why, you know, you don't kill things because that's bad, you know? Um, like so is, you, so is it, is the idea that by, by getting away from the narcissism, you know, destroying like the layers of ego? Yeah. Um, that gets you to a place where you're, where you're, you're going to come back into like a, like a, a better life. But yeah. Okay. But it's and that life doesn't life continues, right? Yeah. Life continues. It's all, it's all a circle. Like, um, like I was going to say, you know, you don't kill, like if you kill a cricket, then maybe in your next life, you're going to be a cricket, mm-hmm. which I mean, it could be short. Yeah. It's going to be a short life. It's going to be a shitty life. Yeah. You know, you're not really doing much. Right. Um, and then you're going to have to basically work yourself, work up. yourself back up. And so if you want to be moving on to the next phase, like, like Buddha did, you have to let go of everything, you know? Um, so does it in that, in that sense, do, so does, do Buddhists believe that all these creatures do in fact have a spirit? Right? Yeah. And then mm-hmm. they're Buddhist. Um, and they're working towards that as well. You know, too. there's there's no like forcing of religion or anything, but mm-hmm. the idea is that everyone has a spirit and everyone's spirit can transcend. Okay. So it's up to you whether you whether or not you want to. Mm-hmm. And so basically in the Buddhist belief, to do that, you have to be Buddhist. You know, right. you have to do the right things and all that all that shit. Um So I mean, yeah, it's it's and a lot of people think it's like a Chinese thing, but it's actually not. Yeah, it's Indian. Indian. Yeah. Right. It's Closer to Pakistani, but right. it's still that well, there area. Was the whole back then they were all the same thing. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're all in the Indus Valley kind of shit, but right. um, yeah. But yeah, I know in, in Islam there also is like um, you know halal. Halal is the right term, right? Yeah, but like when you're talking about what you like, the idea of what you're talking about directly correlates to um. I don't know what Christianity has, but I know in Judaism and Islam, <clears throat> in, in Judaism, you've heard of the Kabbalah, Kabbalah. Yes. Yeah. So in, in Islam, it's called Sufism, Sufis. Suf- so Sufism is, Sufism. so it's, uh, the idea is this, is that <clears throat> you, um, there's, you know, um, there's layers as a Muslim, there's layers between you and God. Mm-hmm whether you're called curtains or what have you, but those layers are in fact like these curtains are basically uh, symbolic of one's ego. Right. And when you're constant, if you're in a situation where you're constantly, if you're, you're a person that's thinking of themselves, you're narcissistic, you're selfish or whatever, like, you know, getting closer to God is going to be really, really hard. Like, and the idea is to get closer to God. Yeah. Like that's the end all be all goal. Is like I want to be closer to God. It isn't just to like I want to be go to heaven and I want to avoid hell, right? I want to get closer to God, and in order to do that, you have to do the right thing. You have to do these things, and and in, in order, like you, you're basically if there Sufism specifically is pract- as a practice within Islam that uh, that basically enables you to destroy those layers of those curtains between those curtains of ego. They're destroying the ego. Before, till you get to, in this situation, 
your your soul basically becomes comes back to God. All right. So like everybody's soul comes from God. Um, so that idea of like you know getting rid of the ego, any type of there's it's I think it, it definitely exists in other religions for sure. And I know that that's what Kabbalism ultimately is all about as well too. But it's interesting, you know. I'm just saying, like, I'm drawing drawing the parallels between. Yeah. You know, maybe the maybe whatever if, if Nirvana is your the idea of like achieving 100, percent you know, oneness with the rest of everything else, and you're not, you know, you're not thinking of yourself. Um, that would probably directly correlate as in Nirvana as ultimately being 100 percent close to God. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I'm not trying to make this about Buddhism, bro. No, 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 no. <laughs> of course not, of course not. But you know, it's 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 so interesting because I mean, like you said earlier, I mean, you're you're like moderately religious, right? You wouldn't be. Yeah, like, I, and I I don't know. It's weird. I was like, I was in LA and I was with my uncle, and he's religious. Um, I'm going through kind of a tougher time in my life. Um, I'm not going to talk about that. Yeah, shit. you don't need to. <laughs> but I prayed a lot more while I was with him, you know, and I and it felt good. It really did. It felt good to like, you know, pray and like worship God just to worship God. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, having faith that God is there in my life and that I, uh, what happens happens. And if I'm going to do what's right and I, you know, try to do the right thing, um, things will take care of itself. You know, God will take care of me, whatever. So, I mean, yeah. You know, it's, I was just going to say, like, it's, you know, Muslims, they're probably some of the most devout people I've ever met, yeah. even though they wouldn't say so themselves. And I was going to relate it to kind of, like, my situation, I guess, where I'm not really that devout, but people still think I am. Yeah. So, I mean... This is because you found yourself... Like, why Why do you think people f- think you're devout? Um, I mean, like you said, I'm, I'm kind of spiritual. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I have faith in... You know, I believe in, like, a higher power and all that shit. And um, obviously, you know, one of the things that I started to really kind of consider for myself is that you really need to have faith in yourself. Um, And one of the best ways to do that is through religion because, you you know, if you pray or meditate or do whatever, then you really get some time to to focus on what you really want and and who you want to be and all this other stuff. And it's all this, like, spiritual stuff where you kind of, like, look into yourself. Yeah. Um, and I was going to say, you know, Buddhism is one of those things where you, you get a lot of opportunity to do that. You get mm-hmm. a lot of opportunity to meditate. You get a lot of opportunity to focus on the important things. Um, and I was going to ask about, you know, in, in Islam, you know, with the, with the praying and all that, obviously you have faith in God and, yeah. you know, you guys pray five, five times a day, right? Yeah. That's the recommended, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Trying um, to get there, bro. <laughs> so are you so are you you're gonna, you're gonna ask a question i'm sorry but yeah i was, I was just gonna ask you know like do you do you do that so i i don't pray, pray five times a day but i do um try to pay one time a day right at least yeah. one time a day yeah and i'm um hopefully getting, getting better at it um as i find myself in this but you know I, I I heard you as you were talking, and I keep on thinking about people who, quote unquote, call themselves spiritual, and they kind of poo poo religion because of the you know they 
they don't want to follow this doctrine of like yeah. how you're supposed to live your life based on what somebody said you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I also kind of like, I'm like, well, when I think about it, I was like, all right, I kind of, I guess that makes sense. But I, you know what also makes sense is, is, is there's what, there's 7 billion people in this world. Yeah. How many Buddhists are there? Not that many. No, there's probably a lot, bro. Compared, compared to the other ones. Um, I mean, I, don't actually know. Let's the say number. a billion. A billion, maybe? Uh, maybe. Maybe a billion? Yeah. All right, dude. A billion people. A billion people, right? Out of all the people in this world. And Muslim, I think Islam is like, I think there's about two billion or something like that. I yeah, don't it's, know. It's a definitely a higher number. Yeah, it's, it's the fastest pretty, growing religion. It's definitely, a fast, it's definitely a fastest growing religion, but it's, it's a lot of people. But like, we. How does, how does, how does a religion like a way of life get born out of literally nowhere in the middle of the desert in Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia didn't have oil back then. Remember that, right? Like out of nowhere. And I think about like, how does this one guy who doesn't read or write come up with a religion just like that? Mm -hmm. And that just, this is how you're going to live your life. And this is what God says. And, um, we're going to, you need to be this type of person in order to be, you know, uh, to be closer to God. And how does that happen in whatever it was like 600 AD or whatever it is, right? 632 mm-hmm. to all, to, to what it is now, like where there's 2 billion people from like North America, South America, Europe, Asia, Africa, they're all over, like all practicing this religion you know it can't be that poo-poo right yeah. there's you know what i'm saying there's something something to it there's a lot of really smart people that are practicing religion and there's a lot of there's a lot of people, smart people who don't practice religion i get it but i'm just saying like you know it may not it may not work for you but it, it may work for other people yeah right and i i can't i can't um i can't discredit something like that mm. because it's it's obviously working for some people and there's and then, you know, I don't know. That's the way I think about this way. I think about it. Like, it's almost kind of like, is it miraculous? I don't know. Maybe it is, but that's crazy. You know, it's 600, 632 AD out of like being born in like the middle of the desert to in Saudi Arabia to all over the world, by practiced by 2 billion people in the modern world today. Mm-hmm. You know, that's same thing with Buddhism, right? What is it? Where was Buddhism? Buddhism was started in uh, India. Yeah. Right? In this valley. And the story goes, it's a prince, um, Siddhartha Gautama. Right. And basically, he, obviously, being a prince, lived a really lavish lifestyle. Basically, like, if he lived today, he would be, like, uh, pretty much like a Kardashian almost. You know, how, like, just rich out of nowhere. Oh, is it? Like owning the, everything. Their, their ideas of, like, the, the Shahs of Sunset. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you know, like, basically, you know, he had everything. And... Um, the story goes, and this isn't verbatim or anything. I'm, I'm not actually entirely sure on on every detail, but basically he leaves I the palace. I feel like you need somebody here Googling shit. Yeah, yeah. I need, I need a Jamie, <laughs> Jamie from, yeah. But, um, yeah, he leaves the palace. He sees homeless people and all that, people suffering. Right. And so he goes, um, you know, what's, what's the difference between them and me? And so he goes on this whole spiritual journey in the freaking desert. I think it's like the Gobi Desert in, mm-hmm. in China. And, you know, same stuff. 
all of a sudden this religion pops out of him. He's just like, this is how you're going to live life. This is the best way to live life. And this is, you know, if this is, this life is just one in, in a set of endless. So if you want to transcend to the next one in, in a good position, right. you're going to have to do all this and, you know, take away this and don't do that. You know, it's the same thing. Right. Same thing. And, so, and now you have what? However many people in these many countries. That exactly. Are yeah. Right. You know, like there's a reason hippies in California are practicing. That, right. <laughs> you know, somewhere, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but like yeah. there's, it, there's, it does like, it's kind of miraculous. Like, how does that happen? Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and another cool thing, um, while we're talking about that, yoga actually comes from like Hinduism. Right. Yeah. You know, yoga, Pilates, all that stuff, but also jujitsu. Comes from, comes from Buddhism? Yeah. Okay. Because, Let's you know, talk about that. he had to travel, right? And obviously he had his, his disciples, his followers traveling with him. Mm-hmm. And so... This is Siddhartha Gautama. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or at this point he was called Buddha. But basically he's traveling through Indus Valley, he's traveling through um, China, mm-hmm. and, you know, just basically spreading the idea of Buddhism. And obviously n- no one is good in this area. Everyone's freaking pirates or bandits. Yeah. You know, they're all crazy. Right. All they want is to want things. Right. And so they attack them. And obviously, being Buddhist, they don't want to hurt anyone. They don't want to kill anyone. Mm-hmm. And so the idea was to defend themselves in a way where they wouldn't hurt people. And so what's the logical solution to that is submission holds, you know, grappling. Really? And yet not hitting. Um, they, were, they did use, like, weapons, but it was, like, sticks, you know, like, stabs, things like that. Things where when you're walking, it just you you need a walking stick. Right. But then at the end of the day, it's actually a weapon. You know, it's a it's a tool. Actually, is what what you should be saying. It's a tool to defend yourself. Right. And so jujitsu, traveling through that area, um, I can't remember what it was actually called. But by the time it got to like China and stuff, it sort of evolved into this whole like martial art. And of course, like the the uh, Chinese that sailed to Japan to basically like co-mingle with the uh, Okinawan people they created jujitsu and then judo and then judo of course traveling the world and then judo judo kind of came yeah it's weird the jujitsu came first then judo right yeah and then judo then jujitsu like modern day jujitsu came from judo yeah yeah because of the fact that people didn't want to um we're getting smashed by bigger dudes yeah and if if you look at the actual name jujitsu which um in japanese means like soft skills yeah. or like soft techniques and then judo just means soft way so it, they they took in more i guess spirituality to it because it was more about a way of life instead of a way of defense a way of war like jujitsu was yeah so they created more of like a way of life right and that's that's what i mean by being spiritual yeah. like everyone needs faith everyone needs to be spiritual in a way and so things like i mean shit even doing just yoga because right. that's like you're internalizing everything. You're you're expressing yourself in a different way, and you're figuring out what who you are and what you want to be. You know, you're releasing certain tensions in your life. You're releasing, you know, physical tension, mental tension, all that stuff. Jujitsu too. You know, everyone just feel needs like a it's catalyst. Like, yeah, it's total mindful medi- like active meditation. Exactly. So, when you talked about Buddha's Buddha now traveling with his disciples and like running in some some goons and some. Yeah. Hood, hood rat stuff they were attacked you know he, and he didn't there, there was no none of this like there's not they don't want to hurt anybody right mm-hmm. it's so funny because in, in islam um they have like an eye for an eye kind of thing right well they have eye for an eye like it you know but 
that's I guess not no they don't really have an eye for an eye there's there's definitely like corporal punishment right yeah but before getting to that like the idea though of fighting which is weird because there's a lot of the religion spread a lot by by war yeah um there's no doubt about it right um but you're not like striking it's not it's, it's look the most most I think most religious Muslim scholars will tell you like striking another human for sport or what have you is is not good it's, it's yeah. against it so like boxing kickboxing and mma but like wrestling is okay you know and um so like and, then, and back then i think a lot of wrestling was a lot was still submission wrestling you know yeah. you know, just pin somebody or you may throw somebody but you you're not supposed to do sports like boxing which is really weird because the greatest maybe that you know yeah uh, quote unquote maybe the greatest boxer to ever live as a Muslim, you know, Muhammad one, of Ali, right? one of the greatest, right? <laughs> you know, but he, you know, that's that's who he is. And then you got all these these devout, devout Muslims from mm-hmm. the Dagestan area in Russia, like Khabib. Yeah, Khabib. Just his, pounding his the crap team. out of him. Smash. He goes and yeah. smash, right? But yeah. So that's that's so I don't know. But I always think but I but I've always heard that sports where they're striking is not it's not usually just looked upon as bad. But you were gonna you were gonna talk about the eye for an eye. Are yeah. You, um, do you want to ask about that? I don't know. I think it's one of those Abrahamic religions. I, I don't know if it's Judaism or, or Islam. One of them has like a in in the code. It's like that's Hammurabi's code. Hammurabi. So Hammurabi is um, was the uh, one of the ancient kings of Babylon. Um, okay. So he actually wasn't Muslim, Jewish, oh. or, or Christian. So that was. Uh, I don't know why I knew that, but I do. <laughs> Actually, I probably knew that from world history back in high school. But I Damn, that's a long time to remember. Man, I love history. It's I so, do too, but... It's so cool, man. I feel like someone someone said something like that. I, maybe I mixed it up, but I guess Babylon in that area... Yeah, well, it's, 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 it's kinda, in the Fertile Crescent, right? Like yeah. That's where... That's where yeah. the the three major monotheistic religions really came from, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. So it, it makes sense. But, like, yeah, his, his thing was the eye for an eye. Um so if you're trying to take this to Sharia law, I don't know is that what you're trying to no. do. <laughs> <laughs> but so no, but yeah, that was a, it was really um, man, I, I yeah, man, I loved history. And I, you know what's so cool about history is, re, as you if you learn more about it, it's like it constantly repeats itself because oh yeah, for sure because humans because you know what thing about humans is. They're so they're eventually they just become predictable. Yeah. Because there's nature to them, right? And they just they'll just things you can expect things to happen, right? And I don't know. So that's it. Wait, wait, you're gonna ask a question, I can't remember. Um how'd you how'd you get started in jujitsu? Like, All right. What what brought you to it? Um You wrestled, right? I did wrestle in Missouri. I wasn't a good one. I wasn't a good wrestler, but I, I liked wrestling. Um Missouri was a tough state to wrestle in, but it was like, um, you know, I, after after high school, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't good enough to get a scholarship by any means, and so I, um, I went to school, college, and got done with college, and my first job um, was in Dallas. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, I was in Dallas, Texas. I moved there. Um, I got into the world of recruiting, headhunting, which is a sales-based world. And I think it really, um, 
I learned a lot about business and I was actually pretty good at it. But part of being in the sales, in a sales based organization, there's a sales culture and I got exposed to drinking a lot. And, um, I think that, um, when that happened, it took me away from like a lot of the religious practices I used to do because I was going out and drinking and I just to be very blunt and clear, you know, I'm honest with this about a lot of people now is that I'm, I'm, I'm an addict. So like I, I, I drank to get drunk and I drank, um, a lot, you know, often. Um, and that carried from Dallas to New York city. Um, and it, and it really, you know, when I drank it, 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 uh, there's a lot of things that I, you know, like that's probably time for another podcast if you want, but it's just like it, you know, that for me in that, when I was in that state, I didn't really like who I was and be frank with you. I was, there was a lot of, I was self conflicted a lot because I felt I was not only just like disappointing my family when I was drinking and I was messing up, I was spending a lot of money and I was, um, but I really felt like even though my family wasn't around me to see me, God was there. Yeah. Someone was watching you. Somebody was watching me and I don't know why that messes with me, but I've, I think I'm, I think I've all, I've all, I mean, for some, like even, even in like now, you know, as I say, I don't, I don't drink anymore, but I quit drinking 10 years ago, maybe shit. Long time ago. Yeah, it was a while. It was when I was in New York, right? And yeah. I, I was, um, I, I was done, and I, for some reason, by I don't know what you want to say, it's the grace of God or whatever. But like, I'm, I finding a neat. Uh, I was, I was living in a in an apartment in New York. Um, we were in the middle of a recession, and um, I needed a roommate because my other roommate left, and it was, I, I was basically paying for the apartment on my own. And when we were hit the recession, it was really getting hard to pay, pay yeah, this me. rent. Right. And I, and I, I was looking at my bank account. I'm pissing it away at random bars, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, I needed to stop. Uh, I needed to find a roommate and I found a roommate. His name is still one of my really closest friends. His name is Eric Dubois. Um, he was a PhD student at NYU and, um, Eric, uh, moved in and I was, he was also like, I don't know if you know any PhDs. He's a PhD student in, in genetics. Are we running out of time? No, no, we're good. All right, cool. Um, PhD students are like, if they're serious about it, they're serious, yeah. like hard workers. It's like 23 hours of the day. Dude, man, he would, he would fall asleep at his lap, you know, and I would. And, and we're just like never not come home for like two days because he was just working straight. And I'm like, man, but what he was is, was a guy who was, uh, liked working out and he liked being active. Um, and he knew that I told him, I was like, and I, when I met him, I was like about 210 pounds two and two, you know, I'm not that big now guys. So like, um, I had, I had talked about like, Hey, this is why I'm, was like looking for a roommate and now I, I know, but I really want to stop drinking. And he's like, I was, and at the time I told him I was stop, I want to stop drinking. We haven't, we were getting to know each other at a bar and I had a beer and he didn't have anything. <laughs> right. And, um, he's like, dude, just come to the gym. I'm like, all right. I that that next day I got a membership to New York sports club to <clears throat> start working out with him. Um, like religiously, um, 
all the time, every day. Um, and, uh, you know, he was, he was starting to get really busy with school, but I didn't want to like give up the gym and everything like that. But, um, it was really funny. We, his, there's a restaurant called PLPO. There's there two, yeah, there's, there's two of them here in Charlotte, yeah. but the original one's in New York city. And it was literally on the same block that I lived on. Um, and we used to go and work out and then go get a whole rotisserie chicken and split it between yeah. the two of us <laughs> at night. It was like, that's the dream right we there. We were just getting shredded <laughs> gains. And, um, yeah, so, I, you know, I lost a lot of weight actually doing that. But um, he, you know, he was getting really pretty busy with, with his, his program. And um, one day I saw, I was walking by, um, the there's an open studio in the New York Sports Club. Uh, New York Sports Club is like the big gym in New York. And um, there was these, these guys, these two dudes that were rolling around on the mat. And I'm like, they look like they're wrestling, you know, and they, they weren't really, um, uh, I couldn't tell because one was on his back the entire time. I was like, what yeah. the hell is going on? Like, he's losing this entire time. What's yeah. Doing? I was like, why is he doing but Like, but then I walked in there and I could tell like there was, he was seeing people tapping and like submissions. And I was like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, oh, it's jujitsu. You know, I was like, oh really? Yeah. He's like, yeah, you check it out. You know? And then, um, I went home that that night started googling it i so i most people find jiu-jitsu because they see they see something like the ufc or whatever yeah. and they're like oh man Funny story i gotta tell you just finish yours yeah yeah so <laughs> i see the you know but i'm i wasn't like my first you know like exposure to jiu-jitsu was that and then i started googling jiu-jitsu and the first the first videos i watched was was the adcc like mm-hmm. i was starting to see the adcc i was like yo these motherfuckers are bad bro like these are way better than the wrestlers this is a different type of wrestling it was just sick man and um i so i started looking for places to train and let check out and i kind of googled um in new york it's just expensive to train yeah right and so i did find affordable place but there was it was like compared to everybody there's, there's Hen- everybody knows there's there's henzo's and at the time marcella wasn't open there yet yeah so he wasn't there um there's henzo's there's clockwork jujitsu. There's alliance. At the time, it was alliance. It was Fabio Clemente, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, and I and I checked out Hanzo's because you got to go check out Hanzo's. Yeah. It was like it's like the staple, and dude, it was just like a. There's for me, it wasn't. It wasn't for me because there was nonstop classes and people. It was so crowded. People coming mm-hmm. in and off the mat. Um, yeah, it seemed like the good training was like during da- hours I was at work or what have you. And uh, finally, I googled like, uh, you know, some looking for someone. I found Vitor Shaolin Hibero. People don't know him. Shaolin is like a four-time world champion. Um, got an MMA later. He was um, a dream world, not a dream world champ. What's the uh, what's the one? What was the London one in London? London. Okay, rage, rage in the cage. I mean, I don't even remember. All right, but he, he was, it was the one Anderson was fighting in back in the day in London. Yeah. And he was champion. And then he, he actually was a dream champ. I forgot that he was a dream champ too. But, um, dude, I was like, I, I went over there and I was hooked, man. He was, it was, you know, it's, it's, it's very much sport-based jujitsu, but, um, it was awesome. And I started training there and then the rest was, it was just history. I was trained there for a year, got my blue belt there in one year. And then I moved to, moved to Charlotte right there after. Yeah, the rest is history. No, top found top martial arts by, different ways but you know before i got to top martial arts there was other schools involved but now i found a home 
Yeah. What about you? You're gonna say something. Yeah. So I was gonna say. Um, about the UFC up, thing. Hmm? About the UFC. Yeah. Thing? Yeah. So growing up, you know, I got in a lot of fights. Okay. And being, I wouldn't say bigger. I was more stout. You know, because I'm kind of short, but I'm kind of like boxy. Max is now describing himself to everybody listening right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I got in a lot of fights. Um, didn't really lose many. And a lot of them went to the ground. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, you hit them hard or you, or you push them over or you tackle them or whatever to get to the ground. And, um, you know, obviously I didn't, I didn't lose very many. So I didn't really have an issue with it. So I thought I was a tough guy. But then, you know, my brother started wrestling. Right, he's he started. Uh, doing, how how old were you at this time? Um, like pretty much like middle school, like early elementary school. Okay, you know, just like the regular kind of like bully phase. Yeah, but yeah, my brother is three years older. He started wrestling, and then you know, I I just thought that was stupid. Like, why would I why would I wrestle when I can just punch him? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, um, oh God, I can't remember what it was. UFC one hundred. With uh, Brock Lesnar and, and Frank here, but the fight that really interested me the most was GSP versus um, Tiago Alves. Oh yeah, and those are a good fight. That was an absolute domination by GSP. Yeah. And watching it, I was like, God damn, I want to do that. Like, I want to be like that. And so I, I, I um, started looking him up, and I was like, Oh, he does jujitsu. What is jujitsu? It's like, No, I'm, I'm just gonna wrestle. So I just wrestled with my brother and, um, you know, eventually he started doing jujitsu and I was like, okay, so he's doing jujitsu. Let me try and do jujitsu. You look up to your brother, Max? Uh, I did. Uh, yeah. Yeah, of course. At the time, probably. Yeah. Sure. But I mean, I still look up to him. Yeah. Um, our relationship's gotten better, but yeah, he went to this jujitsu only gym, uh, yeah. revolution. And I was like, man, I want to do some striking. So I went around looking at MMA schools. And at the time, there was basically only two in Richmond. Yep. And so I went to the one closer to me, and I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. So I did a lot of kickboxing, a lot of boxing. Didn't really do much jiu-jitsu because I, I was a terrible wrestler. Like, I had a record of, like, 10 and 30. Okay, I was just so you're like bad. Me. Yeah. Because <laughs> the thing was, I, I, just wanted, I just wanted to fight. That yeah. was it. It's weird because you're hard to take down now. Yeah. And so the thing was, anytime someone tried to take me down... I didn't want to go down because right. my ins- my instinct was to stay standing. And, if I could stay, keep it standing, I could knock you out. Yeah. Right. And so when I was training MMA, that's really what I was known for. Like the, the wrestler, the defensive wrestler that just loved to brawl. Sprawl, sprawl and brawl? Yeah. yeah. But then, um, you know, David came in because I've, I've been training with um, uh, Rafael Asuncao. Right. He, was, he was there for a couple months. But then when David came in, Carlos David, uh, you met him, right? Yeah. Yeah, when he came in, super chill dude, super awesome, super technical. And so he's like, man, Max, why don't you just go to the ground? I'm like, I don't like it that much. And so... He was doing MMA at the time? Yes. Yeah, okay. he was, I, I was helping him train for fights. Okay. And that's why, that's why he recommended me, recommending me to go to the ground. And how old were you at this time? Uh, 17. Okay. Yeah. And so we, we start working on the ground stuff because, you know, that's all he really wanted to focus on, being a jiu-jitsu black belt. And so I was like, man, that's actually kind of cool. Mm. I, I could still punch from from here too. You know, I, I could be on my back and just kind of do my submissions or whatever. But then when I get on top, I can hit him, and that's what really made me become more of like a you know a power top, as right. as we call it. And so, <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, that's power top. that's how it happened. Um, eventually, you know, 
getting older, getting in less fights. I, I don't think I've been in a fight since like high school, but yeah, I was like, man, I don't need to be like this anymore. I don't yeah. need to be like this hard ass anymore because I was getting tapped the fuck out by this guy that was like 130 pounds. Yeah. And I was like, man, I need, I need to get better at this. I need to get better at that. And so jujitsu started becoming my life. Right. You know, I, I trained like two, three times a day while still going to school, um, lifting weights, doing everything. You were young, so you, yeah, yeah. Well, you're so still young. Yeah, and then yeah, and I mean that's that's just how I got here. Yeah, and then you people don't know David Oliveira is under Roberto Travin. That's how I got to that when Max moved to Charlotte. Yeah, that's that's how I found Top because yeah. um, you know I uh, I knew Mitch, so I came down and was like Mitch trained at Top. So I was yeah. like, right. dude, it's addicting. Like like for me, it's been like giving up bad addictions. For good ones. For good ones, right? Yeah. And it's, for obsessions. Yeah, and I'm absolutely obsessed with it. I'm no, I'm not gonna be a world champion, like adult world champion or anything like that. You know, I'm never gonna be that level. But like, I want to get better every single day. Exactly. Like, yeah. That's all I care about. Is like, I want to, I really want to get better. And it's shit. It's fun. But you know, speaking of killing your ego, jujitsu. Yes, for you know sure. What I'm saying? For sure. Like, like, like it, you know, comes all 360 guys. So, yeah, like, I mean, for me, I, I maybe, maybe I liked it because of that. You know, this idea of killing your ego, because if you don't, you're gonna get tapped. Yeah. And. I mean, li- it's, life will tap you too. It's also fun, um, you know, because you get you get to humble yourself a lot. I, mean, I talked about this a lot before on the podcast and shit, but um, yeah, you get to humble yourself a lot, and it's it's actually pretty fun humbling other people. Yeah, then, it's cool. Yeah, you let them experience it a little, but then you get to, especially if they're really serious about it, you get yeah. to explain to them, like, because a lot of times they're going to be pissed about it, you know? And so you have to explain to them, like, dude, it's, it's it's part of the journey. Like, this is this is where you get to figure out if this is for you or not, you know? Right. This is where you get to figure out if you're capable of, of letting go of your ego, letting go and being humble and realizing that, you know, people are going to be better than you. And so you just got to be the best you that you can be, right? So it's weird, like, you know, those all the jiu-jitsu guys that are, like, Brazilian guys are always usually saying, I don't know who first said it, but, like, jiu-jitsu for everybody, jiu-jitsu for yeah. everybody. <laughs> I, I'm a firm believer that jiu-jitsu is not for everybody. No way. It's for everybody willing. Exactly. And yeah. that's, like, the same for anything, right? Like, yoga is not for everybody. It's for everybody oh, willing yeah. to do it, right? I kind of hate yoga. Yeah, like, if you, especially, like, hot yoga, some people go to hot yoga and they're like, fuck this, man, because mm-hmm. it's super hot, right? And you're 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 sweating buckets, but like, it's the same thing with jujitsu. Like, man, I've seen people. I think the cool thing about it is like, you, if you can overcome the, a level like high levels of discomfort, you you will find you like it, you mm-hmm. know. But some people just can't get over it. Like, it's really like the close quarters and the fact that you know you're you almost feel claustrophobic at times. So, but anyway, we we're we we're talking about Islam, bro. I know, dude. I mean, that's okay. I, I really didn't have a plan for this. I it's just okay. wanted to get you on. Um, we're over an hour, okay. which is cool. I which mean, fine. It's people, awesome. are, people aren't turning off, I hope. Yeah, I, I'll definitely bring you back on for another one. Okay. Which would be great. Yeah, man. Um, but, you know, this, this is it for now. You got any, like, send-offs, shout-outs, or anything like that? Any, like, um, last remarks? You know, go out and hug a Muslim. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think that, like, you know, I, I don't know. Hopefully I did it. Did it its due service. I think that um, 
don't pass judgment upon anything until you fully understand it, you know, and not fully understand it. It's really hard to say I'm going to, you're going to fully understand Islam because there's yeah. Islamic scholars that are not going to fully understand Islam. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just, they're, it's just, jujitsu never ends brother. <laughs> so, uh, my, my, my point is, is that, you know, like if you don't really have a good education or a lot of really good information, go out and seek it. Um, rather than pass judgment upon something and then, or upon a group of people, um, you know, this is because one is, you, you know, you just don't want to be that person. Yeah. Don't assume, you know, but it, it may open your eyes to other things and that it's okay for other people to believe something differently than you are. And that there's, there's, there's really good people who are Muslims and there's really good people who are Jewish and there's really good people that are Buddhist and Christians or what have you. Um, there's really good atheists, you know? Mm. Um, so, um, I don't know any, I'm just joking. (laughs) 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 So, uh, the, uh, you know, you know, you know, my buddy Jason. Yeah. Yeah. But whatever, that's his business, but he's, you know, awesome. You know, um, other shout, I don't really have any shout outs to anything. I'm not on social media anymore. I killed Instagram. Facebook. <laughs> you're not on. You're on. You're what are you? I'm on? only on Instagram. Yeah, I killed that. I'm on. The, I'm on the Twitter sphere, bro. I don't know. I I don't know about Twitter. The Twitter sphere. It's gonna be hard for me to get past away with that because so much of my information comes from that. <laughs> yeah. There's That's a like lot of crappy sector. information that comes. Oh from yeah, too, dude. There's a lot of really good information. I found out Michael Jackson died on Twitter. You know, really quickly. Uh, the funny thing is, I don't even use social media to 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 have a social life. Basically what I use Instagram for is, um, my girlfriend, you know, we send each other like you're the, memes. You're the and Instagram shit. boyfriend, bro. Yeah. We just <laughs> send each other shit and it's just like, ah, oh, this is funny. Let me send it to her. Yeah. But that's really all I use it for. I don't post any pictures or anything. I don't like pictures. I don't comment. But you do find videos or whatever. There's some cool techniques. Yeah. I know that around jujitsu techniques. You could just always constantly find them. But yeah. You yeah. Can that's find them on YouTube too. Yeah. I mean, you can find it there. You can find it on Reddit. You can do all this other stuff. I'm not on Reddit. Should I get on Reddit? Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's like jujitsu. It's not for everyone. You know, Reddit's not for <laughs> You're too stupid for Reddit, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I, because you have to follow certain things unless you just go on the front page the entire time. Yeah. Which is completely random stuff, kind of like Instagram. But, um, yeah, you to, I mean. You have to dig for information that you really like? Yeah. Right. Yeah, you have to the, find, like, certain s- communities that you can be involved in. The good nuggets aren't on the surface at Reddit. You yeah. Really find it. <laughs> yeah. The surface is for casuals, man. <laughs> Fuck the casuals. I'm on, it's really, it's weird, but I'm, I'm always, on, I'm always on these, I'm on these old school, uh, message boards for like sports and stuff like, like AOL. That. Yeah. Like, shoot, <laughs> like a, it's Yahoo, Yahoo yeah, answers. And it's shit. like me and like a bunch of 50 year old dudes <laughs> that are just like, fanat- they're usually, fanat- it's about Missouri wrestling, yeah. which I still, I follow, I follow wrestling. So, but anyway, um, uh, the only other thing is like, hey, go check out Town Martial Arts Jiu Jitsu. Yeah, if, if you guys are ever in town, man. Yeah, if you're ever in town, or if you're if you're not in town, you're somewhere else, and you're gonna go. Ch- you want to find out if Jiu Jitsu is for you or not? Go check it out. Yeah. Maybe, you know, whatever. All it's right. not for everybody. So <laughs> we'll, we're gonna cut it here. Um, thank you guys for listening. If you guys are new, uh, I try and post every Monday. This one's actually gonna go up next Monday, and I think I'm gonna take a week off um, just because there's some some an event that I have to go to. Pretty much gonna take all my time. But um, anyway, you guys are regular listeners. Thank you so much for the constant support. Ahmed is actually one of the... You're a follower, right? Yeah. 
on something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Ronin Cop podcast? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. I'm going to be on the podcast again. Why would I not be following it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, you know, guys, thank you so much. Uh, have an amazing day. Get out there, get hungry, and good luck.